Hey, it's time to let the weekend begin. What do you think? Yes, sir. And we can't start the weekend without having our Bible questions answered. It's time for Ask the Preacher. And it's brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church. Ask the Preacher, and here's John Freed. Hey, everybody. Good to have you here uh, listening to Ask the Preacher today. It's Friday. George, we're beginning the weekend. Yippee, yes. It's exciting. Eric, thank you for uh, for being here today and, and uh, putting us on the air. And thank you for listening. And um, you can join the conversation. Maybe you have a question, a comment. Uh, maybe you want to tell George uh, how goofy he looks today with a very short haircut. It is pretty short. I had to get all of them cut. But I botch. Not just one hair, all of the hairs. <laughs> hey, you can join in on the conversation. The phone number is 863-682-1430. You can also go to askthepreacher.com. You can find the phone number there in case you're uh, missing it in the middle of a segment. And you can join in on the conversation that we're having today. You can ask something that's on topic or off topic. Uh, we will answer it with a biblical worldview and uh, do our best to back up with scripture. And uh, sometimes we have differing points of views on on a particular answer. So join in on the conversation. That's 863-682-1430. Somebody uh, differed with my point of view the other day. I told them they had uh, certainly the right to be wrong. That's, that's my favorite line. I, I always say to people, oh, I could agree with you, but then we would both be wrong. Then we'd both be wrong. Yeah. I, uh, oh, I, I, a wife joke just came to mind, but I will avoid saying it just to uh, keep from having trouble. Hey, George, did you hear about um, it about a week or so ago? On Actually, September 13th, I believe, is, is the date of it. Um, Amazon driver is hailed as a hero. He runs into a house that he sees on fire. And uh, saves the, uh, the uh, I guess, a, a, a woman and the children uh, that were inside. Seven, seven people in the house, yeah. It was amazing, amazing. And uh, so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that that story here. But uh, have you? I suppose you've also heard that there's a hurricane brewing down uh, south of Florida here. Uh, yes, it's brewing, and they say it could impact our area of Florida. But uh, I am going to hope that that is not the case. And... Uh, yeah, um, yeah. So we'll, got, nobody got time for that. We'll talk about that some too. Uh, we'll talk about storms and preparedness, uh, but not necessarily in a natural sense. We can talk about some in the spiritual sense as well. Uh, talk about fear uh, versus faith, um, and uh, and and a variety of of things to discuss. Um, uh, before we came on the air, um, George, we were talking about the growth pattern that that is taking place here in the Lakeland area. Uh, you live in Arbondale. Uh, actually, you live in Bartow. Your business is in uh, offices in Arbondale. And uh, you work all the, the all of Central Florida, Orlando, Lakeland, Tampa, even yep. even yep. a lot of business down in, in South Florida. And and all of these regions are really growing here um, in, in Florida. And it produces uh, some problems. And there's some things that uh, you have to think about in advance. And so um, I, I was thinking we, we could also talk about growth, um, but really with, a, with an idea for growing spiritually, uh, growing in favor both with God and with man, um, and it, connecting that with this idea of being prepared, being fr- prepared in life, um, being prepared as a, as a dad. I, I had to be 
prepared to uh, have children in my home. Uh, before I got married, there was preparation that needed to take place before uh, taking on, so to speak, the responsibility of, of, of a wife. Of course, you could flip yep. the tables of that. There were things that she was preparing for and getting married as well. And so, um, you know, life is, is full of those types of things. Um, there's bends and turns along the, along the road. And um, and and we need to be be prepared for those things, and then we'll we'll connect that all with um, this house fire in the Amazon, man. Um, it, and there may be times in in life where our house or our life or whatever, however we want to uh, correlate, uh, where there's danger, uh, potentially deadly danger, potentially catastrophic loss, and we don't even see what's going on. And so we can be thankful that sometimes God sends people along our way to say, hey, alert, alert, attention, over here, red alarm, um, and, and even to the saving of our, of our lives and, and our soul. I'm, life is, is exciting. Life is interesting. Uh, life can be scary. It can be fearful, but it can also be uh, invigorating in, yeah, in, absolutely. To, to, uh, to exercise liberty and faith and believe in God. Yeah, you know, a, a, a lot of the times, all those uh, what people might think are negative emotions or negative experiences, I mean, that's that's half the fun of life, honestly. Here's the story or, or uh, parable, however you want to phrase it, that I like to often share with people when they're going through tough times, or I remind myself when I'm going through a tough time. Um, if tomorrow you knew that you would never, ever walk ever again, it was your last day of walking was today. And I invited you on a 20-mile hike through the mountains. You'd probably go on that walk. I'd say, why not and, 21? And yeah. at uh, 10 miles, you might be sore and in pain, <laughs> but you're going to keep walking those those 20 uh, miles because you know that tomorrow there's no more walking. And you know, for those of us who have hope in what Jesus has done for us, we know that when we pass from this physical realm to the next realm, he wipes away all tears. And so, in some sense, the only time that we're going to have to endure those tough hikes, to feel the pain in our legs, to have the sweat on our brow, is now. Uh, and for those who aren't putting their faith in Jesus, well, this is the best time you're going to have. So, yeah, you yeah. know. And at the same time with that, those are the joys of life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- those experiences that, that sometimes are a little painful, but but they are the joys of life. And when this life is over, those joys will no longer be able to be realized. And so uh, I, I guess all in all, what we're what we're talking about today is making the absolute best with the life that God has given you now. How do you fulfill, how do you see it full and, and rich and enjoyable? Um, so you're listening to Ask the Preacher, and we're, we're glad you're with us. And when we come back in just a couple minutes, we'll pick up in the conversation. Uh, before we go off there, I want to read you this one scripture here out of Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. It says, be careful for nothing. In other words, don't be anxious or don't be fretful. Don't be worried about anything at all. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. We'll talk more about it when we return. You're listening to Ask the Preacher. To join the conversation, just call 863-682-1430. Yeah, the traffic is slow, but the conversation is hot. Ask the Preacher with your host, John Free. Hey, thank you, Eric. 
And uh, George, good to have you back in the in the studio. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, just a reminder, folks, 863-682-1430 if you want to join in on the conversation. Now, uh, last week I, I talked about being saved and becoming a new creature in Christ Jesus and and, uh, and, and use that scripture, talked about the scripture, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Um, it, well, I'll finish it out. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We looked at that and we, we discovered that when you become a new creature, it literally means a brand new creation. That's right. uh, not a repair it's a brand new creation. When we yeah. come into Christ, we're not a broken chair that's been fixed up with some wood glue. No, you you become a brand new creature, as if never having before existed. And so that's what it's like when we come into Christ. Um, so, George, a moment ago, as as we were headed to the break, uh, we were we were talking about life, um, about uh, some struggles that that come in life, about. Uh, heroes that that show up, um, you know. We we mentioned and we'll talk more about it in a moment. But the um, the delivery guy who runs into the house and saves uh, um, a woman and her, I guess, seven children, something to that effect. Um, and two dogs. Don't forget the dogs, John. <laughs> and 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 so uh, the the growth that that ha- is happening in our in our local area, but growth that should be happening in our own personal lives. There's struggle. There's pain. There's all these types of things. Um, but then during during the break we were talking about life and and I, I want I want to say this and, and if you're listening pay pay attention to grab grab a hold of this uh, right now why is it that most people and even most Christians why is it that most Christians they look at Christ as being their deliverer uh, in a futuristic sense well, let me say it this way they they look at life and saying well when I die because I know Jesus because I am saved when when I die because I know Christ I will be delivered from the body of this destruction I will be delivered from the pain and the sorrow and the torment of life well that's true in, in one sense we will be delivered because we'll we won't be limited by time and space in a natural body and right, right. Um, but Jesus is our deliverer now. Yeah. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to deliver the captives and, and to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to give the recovery of sight to the blind. And, and he came and he did that now. Now, I, I want to be careful lest somebody think, oh, he's going to preach one of these your best life now type messages. Well... <laughs> Yes and no. I mean, how many lives do you have? Is life supposed to be terrible now but great in in heaven? Well, it's supposed to be great in heaven, but it doesn't have to be terrible now either. And yeah. I can't produce my best life. The best life that I can produce is rags and 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 pain, sorrow, whatever. But by Christ Jesus and the work that he does, life can be pretty good even now. Uh, here's here's what I want to say. There can be victory and overcoming and enjoyment and liberty. That's what life is supposed to be like even now. That's what Christ does in our life. He doesn't only give us a hope for the future, but I, if I could say it this way, my dad would say, would say it this way. Um, he gives us a little heaven to go to heaven in. We have the Holy like Spirit and the power and the, and the the breath of God in our in our life now, not later. Yeah. We have the breath of, of God in our in our life now, and I guess the, one of the questions that I might have is, what are we doing with it? 
Well, that question has to be answered by the individual. Yes. But I, I think uh, the first question you asked is, why do people, specifically those of us who, who claim to be followers of Christ, why do some of us have this idea that when we die, I think is how you phrased it, mm-hmm. that, that we'll be delivered? Um, and to some extent, I can answer it like this. One, it's a, a mindset issue. Um, Hebrews tells us that the blood of bulls and goats could not forgive sin. What the sacrifices in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, the Old Priesthood did is they ritually cleansed people so that they could be ritually pure to stand in the presence of God again. But it's made clear in Scripture that those sacrifices never forgave sins. But then Hebrews goes on to explain that the writer, whether it was Peter or Paul or whoever, take your pick, uh, goes on to explain that Christ's sacrifice, him being the perfect lamb, his sacrifice not only cleanses us, but it forgives us. Yeah. And so we have this idea that, you know, I was talking to a buddy today and, and he was, we were talking about the prodigal son and all that. And he made a great point about being in the pig pen and how the prodigal son was, was in the pig pen. And I'm going to kind of borrow the concept that he and I were talking about. And we have this mindset that when we come to Christ, he forgives us, but we often forget that he cleanses us. And right now, we are all trapped in these meat prisons. Uh, they are the external shells that our spirits drive in. And these external shells get filthy, just like our cars do. Yeah, to, we, be, to be clear, we're talking about our bodies. Our bodies, yes, our bodies. A meat shell, carnal, yes. car- carne, meat. I, I like to call it meat prison because meat prison. It, it really is. It's my, my, my spirit has been recreated. It's one with God. Second Corinthians tells us that we're born of the divine seed. We, we are one with him. And so that's recreated, and it's waiting to escape this meat prison, and someday we will receive new bodies that are like Jesus' resurrected body, and those will be uh, bodies that are not tainted by the curse of sin. So I think a lot of times people forget that as Christians, we're not only forgiven when we violate the law, when we mess up, but he also cleanses us. He washes us clean. And sometimes we feel filthy. Yeah, I know you forgive me, God, but look how filthy I am. I can't be in your presence. And so we, we live this life defeated when it's just the opposite. You know, there, there's a great Bible scholar uh, I love to listen to. His name is Michael Doctor, uh, Dr. Michael Heiser, and he phrases it this way. That which we could not obtain by perfection, we cannot lose through imperfection. Meaning I was never saved by being perfect and good, and I can't lose my salvation by messing up. That doesn't give me an excuse to keep violating his law, but it should remind me that he cleanses me and he forgives me. And so in one sense, I'm waiting for the internal battle that Paul writes about, this this meat prison that I find my spirit trapped inside of on this earth, my flesh. I'm waiting for that to go away. And man, that's going to be quite a deliverance when, when that battle can finally be put to rest um, because Jesus says, pick up your cross daily and follow me. And Paul says, I daily bring my body into submission. So that is a bit of a battle there to to put our will aside and seek his will. 
But there's even freedom in that. He gives us the power to do it. We are to walk by the Spirit and, and not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And so, yeah, I, I think uh, what what happens a lot of times is uh, we're constantly trying. You you talked about this in the in the sense of I didn't do anything to earn my salvation. Jesus did. Yep. Um, so uh, we we work hard to appease someone who is already pleased. Um, mm. We work hard to make God happy when he's already happy. Uh, so the other challenge would be wow. we work hard to make ourselves happy, and oftentimes we just cannot be pleased. So what we need to do is focus on what, God, what makes God happy and realize that we're cherished by him, we're loved by him. You actually can make God happy. You can make God mad, too. It is possible to, to make him unhappy, but yeah. uh, it is possible to make him. He is not unpleasable. We often, our view of God is that he's unpleasable. And so you work, you work, you work, you work, you try, you try, you try, you try, and you fail, and you fail, you fail, you fail, never realizing that, man, he's just so delighted with you. And and so it, we work ourselves um, to the, we work our fingers to the bone, we um, we do stuff that's just not necessary, um, and we make life unenjoyable when we really should be full of the joy of salvation. Yeah. There is joy in knowing—there should be joy in knowing that you have peace with God. There's a confidence that comes with knowing that you have peace with God as well. And yeah. without that, it makes life miserable rather than enjoyable. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's sad to me— to see uh, sometimes Christians are the least happy people on the face of the planet. And Jesus said, I've come to give you life and give you life more abundantly. He said, peace I give you and peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives, because the peace that I give, they can't take away. But yet, at the same time, Christians walk around just being sad and depressed. It's that whole renewing of our minds. we got to do it daily. we got to renew our minds and, and, you know, not what I think about myself, but what does he say about me? So... Yeah. Well, we didn't talk about the house on fire. Maybe we'll come back and talk about that. But um, in, in the process of, of living this, this life, uh, we should be living it with joy. Jesus Absolutely. is our deliverer, and he is our deliverer now. There is a deliverance to come, and that'll be a great day, a happy, happy, happy day. Oh, but in the meantime, because we have hope in what is to come, uh, we should live in that hope now with a smile on our face. Praise the Lord. Well, we are at the bottom of the hour. We must take a break. You're listening to Ask the Preacher. Phone number in the studio is 863-682-1430. We'll be back in a few minutes after these words from Kim Commando. Second half of the show is just getting started, so you haven't missed much if you're just joining us. It's Ask the Preacher, your chance to have your Bible questions answered. Brought to you by Believer's Fellowship. And here's John Freed. Hey, um, George, we haven't yet really told people. I mean, Eric did a couple times there where we're from, uh, Believers Fellowship Church. And I think anybody who listens on a regular basis knows that. But if you're listening possibly for the first time or or uh, maybe you've never heard us talk about that before, um, this is a program that comes to you from Believers Fellowship Church up on the north side of town. We've been there for a very, very, very long time um, in existence as a church for like 45 years now. I think this Coming April, we'll be celebrating 45 years. So, right on, getting getting up there. Uh, we've been on this uh, this 
program right here for something like 18 or 19 years, which is uh, amazing. Uh, it's it's amazing that we're not syndicated all the way around the world by now. You know, I'll tell you what, they're trying to keep the the best <laughs> radio program hidden. I'll tell you what. Yes, we we keep it reserved just for you, Lakeland it's and exclusive. Central Florida. Yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, so we, we we've been talking about um, life life issues and um, the joy that we we should have uh, being prepared even in tough times. Um, the the hope that we have in our in our future, but that Jesus is our answer and our deliverer now. And so if, if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, um, you should inform your face, if I can be so kind as to say it that way, and and, <laughs> inform your face. and smile, like let other people see the joy uh, of, of the Lord. And if you have a, a hope of eternal salvation, uh, then then let it resonate in your life even now. Um, there's there's always there's always tough times. You know the the, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. The yeah, sun yeah. shines on the just and the unjust. What that means is whether you're righteous or whether you're unrighteous, uh, there is good and bad that comes in life. And so if you are righteous, you should be able to go through life, generally speaking, all the time with a smile on your face. We've got to learn how to cast our cares, um, but I want to talk about being prepared for a moment, and I see you smirking. You have something to I was say. just thinking it's a perfect segue. Be happy. Let's talk about a house on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, in, in, that, in that story um, of a man named Kevin Rivera, 22 years old, Amazon driver, Long Island, New York, sees a house on fire at, at, while he's delivering some packages. Uh, he runs into the house, rescues the, the family, gets them out. They didn't even know the house was on, on fire. There are a lot of people that don't know their house is on fire. Their life yep. is, is on fire. What about marriages? Their marriage is, is on fire. Um, you know, there are times where we are ignorant because we didn't know we're truly ignorant. And then there is willful <laughs> ignorance. Yep. And and I've known so many people that um, that just sit back maybe – Cross their fingers and and just hope. Oh, it's it's just gonna get better. Well, how do you know it's gonna get better? Well, I just I just hope it is. You know, they don't. They're not doing anything to change anything. They're not bringing it to the Lord to say, Lord, I need your help. I fall upon your mercy. Um, they just cross their fingers. It, it, I mean, I I don't see. I'm looking at my fingers being crossed. I, I, what in the heck is that gonna do? Uh, but the Lord can change anything. I was talking with a with a young man today. He served our country in military service for many years. Um, uh, pretty cool guy to to talk to, and he's going through just a really, really, really tough time in life. Um, much of it is is to his own problem, and he admits that. You know, I did these things and has have brought some trouble upon my life. Um, but as he's walking through these issues, uh, just some stuff gets tossed um, in his in his way. From time to time, and, and these are huge, potentially huge hurdles. I said to him today. I said, I said this. Um, I was thinking about whether I'd call. Him, we'll just call him Joe. Uh, so I said to him, I said, Joe, my my hope, and and I literally right in front of him, I said, I'm going to make this my request of the Lord. Lord, here's my request for Joe. Here, here's my request. By the end of this year. He is going to learn in his spirit how to cast his cares upon you. And so I literally say that right in front of, of again, we're just going to call him Joe. And, uh, and 
And and so he's watching me. He goes, uh, okay. <laughs> you know, I said, you know, yeah, because you're not going to make it through all of this stuff that you have to go through if you're trying to carry this yourself. And I'm not talking about sharing a load with God. I'm talking about knowing how to go to the Lord and say, I can't do this. God, I need your help. I need your mercy. You throw yourself at the mercy of God, and you see him begin to work in your life and turn situations around and change me in the process, change you in the process. So this is Ask the Preacher. You are a preacher. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. How does one do that? Because there's this idea that, well, if I cast my cares on Jesus— it means I don't have to do anything anymore. It's almost like being apathetic or, in some sense, giving up. And then the the flip side of that is, well, if I am supposed to do something, isn't that me sharing the load? Isn't that me carrying the weight? So how does one cast their cares upon the Lord? All right. Well, I'm going to answer um, in, in one sense in a, a little bit of a, a joking manner, but— on the other hand, I, I do kind of mean this. Um, I will uh, have people from time to time, if, if we're like doing this in a congregational setting, right. I'll say, I want you to stick your hands out, and I want you to just envision all of your cares being placed into your hands. Grab them if you have to. Just just grab them. And then um, just like you were to cast a cast net, if you've ever seen somebody, if you've ever done that, where you literally, you've grabbed the hold of the net, and then you th- Throw it out away from you. But we'll say, okay, let's just picture God as being in heaven above whatever. And and so we can, I mean, we could debate position. Uh, but nonetheless, right, just right. grab these cares, these worries, these things that, that you're carrying, grab them in your hands, and then literally just throw them up to God. Cast them away. Okay, so I, I say that first, and um, so it sounds a little bit funny, but I do literally mean that that is how it should happen. It's in a figurative, uh, not in a figurative, in a a physical way, that was how it it would be demonstrated. Okay, Uh, I'm not carrying this anymore. God, I'm giving this to you. Now, that cannot be done with disrespect. It it must be done in the sense of, if I can use this word, um, being desperate, realizing this is going to kill me. And if I try to carry this, if I try to do this, it's going to kill me. But there is somebody who has already walked through and realizing that he's already been there. He's already experienced everything in life that that we might ever experience, and he made it through to the other side in victory, and then he'll give us that same victory. So I take those things, I, I give them entirely to him. Now, does that mean I do nothing? Well, yes and no. It means, I'll say it this way, it actually means we do one thing, whatever he tells you to do. Yeah. Mary, um, this is the wedding at Cana. I, I know we got to take a break in a couple minutes here, but um, before the, the very first miracle that Jesus ever did, he turns water into wine. Um, Mary, his mother, comes and, and grabs him and he says, "Hey, they're running out of wine here at the feast, but I told them you could fix the problem." I'm, you know, my little version of the story here, paraphrase, and and he says, "Whoa, this is a little early here, and this is not my dealings. This is not really what I what I'm." I'm not. I don't really care too much about this, and he's and and so it's basically like Mary saying, "But I already told them," and so Jesus. Um, well, I'm sorry. Mary says to to the disciples and to those that were around, "Whatever he tells you to do, yeah. 
do it. Now, I would venture to say this. Who's responsible now? Is Jesus responsible or is Mary responsible? Mary, so to speak, puts her her neck out there saying, hey, I can solve this wine problem. And now she incorporates Jesus into the process, right? But all of these other people are there as well. But Mary gives them a good instruction. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. And so that would be the instruction that I would give. How do I cast my cares? Does that mean I do nothing? No, it doesn't mean you do nothing. It means you do what he tells you to do. It's kind of like at at work when your boss says, hey, this is what we're going to do today. If it doesn't turn out right and you obeyed your boss, you did what your boss said, who's responsible at the end of the day? The boss is. The boss is responsible. And so the nice thing about God is he doesn't make failing plans. He, he, has it, he gets it right. He gets it right. And so if I will obey what he says to do, I don't have to worry as if to say, well, did I make the right decision? Did I make the wrong decision? Oh, I hope my plans turn out right. I hope my efforts turn out right. I can say, Lord, I'm obeying you. I'm obeying you. And when we do that, it will turn out right. Now, is it scary along the way? Sure, absolutely. I I find it interesting that people talk about faith and they talk about fear as if they're opposed to one another. But in reality, every time I have really stepped out in true faith, it's scary. It's scary. But there's something on the inside, a confidence that I have on the inside to where I say, all right, Lord, I know you've got me in this. So am I trembling in the flesh? Is my mind screaming at me? Yeah. But on the inside, I'm connected with you, God. We're going to have some fun together. We're going to make it through to this to the other side. That is my answer. Right on. Good answer. Your hey, just a reminder, you are listening to Ask the Preacher. Call in. Get your questions answered. 863-682-1430. We will see you in just a few moments. Fourth and final segment of Ask the Preacher coming up here. Brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church of North Lakeland. Here's John and George. And George, you finally got the introduction. Thanks, Eric. I appreciate that. (laughs) My pleasure. (laughs) Look, Mom, I'm all grown up. (laughs) All right, so so you asked the question about casting your cares upon the Lord, and I I brought it over to uh, that that doesn't mean you you do nothing. Um, It means you don't worry Mm. about it. Uh, So... So be careful for nothing or be anxious for nothing or be fretful for nothing. It all means the same thing. Um, it doesn't mean don't do anything. It just means don't be worried about it. And so I give the the advice to, to people, and I believe it's scriptural, to say you do what God tells you to do. And you can use the the wedding of Cana, turning water into wine, where Mary said, um, just just do whatever Jesus tells you to do, and the miracle happens. Um, so we we said uh, at the beginning we would talk some about preparation. We've got a storm coming and and that type of thing. And and um, and we've talked about the Amazon man running into the house on fire. I believe in so many ways our our nation is on fire. Um, the church world is on fire. It is amazing to me what the what the church world has allowed. Um, I was going to say allowed to creep in, but you mean on fire in a not so great way. Oh yes, yes, yes. In our Pentecostal vernacular, mm-hmm. we often mm-hmm. say, you know, <laughs> yeah, the, man, that service was on fire. Yeah, it means it's yeah. good, right? So, but but no, we're on fire like the house is burning down, and um, you know, the church has has not just let things creep in, but they've literally opened the door and invitation for certain things to come in the church that the scriptures so plainly speak Mm -hmm. against. And so after, at some point in time, the church is no different than the world. 
Um, and, and the church, if I could say it this way, the church is actually the hope of the world. We know that Jesus is the, is the hope of the world, but yeah. he is moving through his body, the, the church. And, and so when the church becomes no different than the world, what hope does the world have? Um, and so how, how do you reconcile all, all of these things? And, um, I, I want to, I want to bring it back to, to the idea of, of being led by the spirit of God and, and doing whatever, the Lord tells you to do. Uh, he has given us His Word. He's given us the Scripture. He's given us even the Bible, um, which, you know, people used to make the joke, B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. Uh, eh, it's cute, uh, whatever. But for the idea of the instructionary aspect, that's wonderful. This is the book to live by. And so if you're going to be prepared for what life might throw at you, the the instructions for the preparation are in this book. If you're if you're going to how how do you be a good husband in the world in the way it is? Well, this book talks about that. Tells you how to be a good husband. How do you be a good dad? A, a good mom? How how do you be a good business partner? A good servant? A good employee? A good boss? Um, how, how do you go through life not being worried and anxious and and but being able to trust the Lord? How do you know it's all going to work out? This book talks about all of those things. Well, and, and that takes a kind of bringing it full circle about what we've talked about today. So in that story about the Amazon driver, the uh, mother was completely unaware that the house was on fire yeah. until she stepped out of the house and saw the damage. And then she started crying and freaking out. And we talked about there's a difference between being innocently ignorant and willfully ignorant. Um, whether you are willfully or innocently ignorant, it happens because you're not investigating. Had the mom been walking around the house, had she been informed, she would have realized that the house was on fire and she would not have needed um, the Amazon driver to to pull her and her kids out thank of the God house. Thank God that somebody so, was there. So thank God somebody was there. But uh, in following the Bible, a lot of people say, yeah, great, you know, I'll read the Bible and yeah, sure, it's an instruction booklet. Well, in, you need to investigate it like wholeheartedly. Yeah. It's the, the uh, second Kings tells us that it, it pleases God to conceal these matters in his word. And, and it's something of great value for us to seek them out, to find them. Yeah, it actually and, says that it's the pleasure yeah. of Kings to search the matters out. And so it's, uh, it, it's beyond just good instruction. It's yeah. life-changing. It's enlightening. And honestly, it, it leads us to the point of how do we cast our cares upon Jesus? Well, there's going to come a time where, hopefully not, but most likely there's going to be a time where the house is on fire. And just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, look, our God can deliver us from the fire. But even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow to any other gods. We're only going to serve Yahweh. And God did not deliver them when they said that. God did right. not deliver them they when they were tied up. into the fire. It took all the way to the moment they were in the midst of the fire yeah. for him to deliver them. And so we might get to that point where you might be in the midst of the fire, still continue to trust him. And I want to give one quick story. When, when mm -hmm. Liz and I were dating years ago, we've been together for, oh, I don't know, 12, 15 16 years, something like that, dating or whatever, 15 years dating, and then now we're married. But when we were dating, she was going to school up here in Lakeland. I was living in South Florida, and a long-distance relationship doesn't work. And I said, God, I, I want to pursue this woman, but I don't want to guess your will. So if you want me to pursue her, you need to open up the door. That same week, a buddy of mine said, hey, man, there's a job that's yours. I was looking for a new job at the time. He said, it's yours. The only problem is you got to move to a town called Lakeland, Florida. 
And so I trusted God and he opened up the door and now I'm married to the most wonderful woman in the world. So I was able to trust him and just follow him even up to the last moment. You guys should do the same. And that comes through having a relationship. Absolutely. A relationship with with the living God. Um, I started a series last week at church. It'll be going on for a few weeks, but uh, talking about walking with God. And this this coming Sunday, I'm going to talk about walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. What what does Mm. that mean? What does it mean to literally be able to walk next to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings and have him speak to you and show you things pertaining to this life and how to overcome. It's a glorious thing to be in relationship with the Messiah. Hallelujah. Right on. So, folks, we are, uh, we're glad you've joined us. Uh, look us up online, believersfellowship.com, and uh, we hope to see you soon. Good day. God bless you. <laughs>